everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Give yourself a delicious escape from the afternoon with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. On the Bechdel cast, the questions asked if movies have women in them. Are all their discussions just boyfriends and husbands or do they have individualism? The patriarchy's effing vast. Start changing it with the Bechdel cast. Hello and welcome to the Bechtel cast. My name is Caitlin Durante. I'm Jamie Loftus. And we talk about the representation of women in movies. It's true. This is the podcast where we do it. We've been doing it for years yeah. at this point. Wild. It's true. And we use the Bechtel test. Ever mm-hmm. heard of it? Which is a media metric developed by cartoonist Alison Bechtel. Ever heard of her? Also sometimes known as the Bechtel-Wallace test, which we always yes. forget to say. We're, we're done with Wallace <laughs> erasure over here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Bechtel test, if you don't know, is a media metric that requires there be a scene uh, that includes... Two named female identifying characters who talk to each other about something other than a man. Most of the biggest franchises that have ever been released don't pass. Oopsies. Wait, can we do a test run of it? Let's do it. Hey, Jamie. Hey, Caitlin. Why so serious? <sighs> IDK. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just uh, need to go back on Wellbutrin and mm. really start evaluating my options. Sure. Yeah. I've been thinking about uh, going back to therapy. Wow. You know? Good for you. I should, too. Uh, the reason I don't like my current therapist would break the test. Okay. So let's not talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that pretty much passed the Bechtel test. Male therapist. I can't do it. I don't know what it is. Yeah. they. I, I've always <laughs> struggled with them. He, he's just like, he's he's so smart. But he's also like, what are you talking about? I'm like, this, is, this isn't going to work. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> I'm very excited to talk about, I think, probably one of the most famous movies of our time. 
I mean, iconic. It it is. Yes, <laughs> and I think we can all agree a feminist text, <laughs> a feminist masterpiece. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Womanhood has changed because of this. Oh yes. Uh, but before we dive in, let's introduce our guest. Yay. She is a hilarious comedian. She's one of the co-hosts of facial recognition comedy. It's Paula V. Ganalin. Hey. Hello. Hey, Hi. Thank Thanks you. for having me. Thank of course. You. I also don't like male therapists. <laughs> I it su- it sucks. He like saved my life, and then I wanted to get rid of him right away. I felt really bad. Uh, anyways, it's been three years, I- and I'm a coward. <laughs> so. Oh God! Fun, mm-hmm. good yep. stuff. So we're talking about the Dark Knight. Yes, 2008, Christopher Nolan, the second installment of the Dark Knight trilogy. But I feel like the most famous and enduring yes. installment. Yes, agree. Yeah. Pallavi, what is your history, your relationship with this film? Okay, thank you so much for asking. I love Batman. Batman's my favorite. I love Batman the Animated Series the best, and then this movie the next. Okay. (laughs) I watched this movie, and uh, there's a part in it where the Joker is just sticking his head out of a window, and literally in the the theater, the audience just erupted in applause (laughs) for this villain. And I did too. Like, we were all, like, so excited for him and I love movies and, and books like that where it takes like really horrible people and it ma- in, like makes you empathize us with to them. them. Yeah. People, yeah. I mean, people love this. I mean, there's like it's it's uh, sad, very sad because I think this, this movie was released posthumously for Heath Ledger. And it was his greatest role. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, everything's lined up for people to be addicted to the Joker. And he's so good. He is. He it's, is amazing. Say what you will, whether it's a feminine his text or not his performance is so so good i mean i try oh. to model my comedy after his jokes <laughs> <laughs> yes he's also an iconic comedian that's, that's wow. where my pencil went <laughs> <laughs> all of our <laughs> writing utensils are gone <laughs> what happened there's just blood everywhere yeah. no um, <laughs> But yeah, I really love this movie, and it was like my favorite movie for a while. I, a lot of my favorite movies are so misogynist, and I don't know, like... Same. I, I have this, too. this is a huge problem of I, mine Mad in my Ma- life. Well, Mad Max wasn't... It was. I think the reason that I loved it was because it was feminist. Fury I, Road? or Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I then, love that movie. But then I also like really loved Fight Club, and I think that I'm not <laughs> allowed to say that on Twitter No, we've, <laughs> as we a were, woman. We've all been there. Yeah. We've all gone through the Fight Club phase. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, it's just like... Yeah, live and learn, baby. I mean, I think my like most problematic fave of like these like toxic male franchises is the Indiana Jones series, oh. which I mean, I, I never mean, listened to our episode on I it. Still love it. I, yeah, I don't like, let it we go. Don't, we don't eat monkey brains. <laughs> I, I, Te- like, I Temple couldn't. of Doom is the worst one. It is, yeah. So, but uh, Last Crusade is a boatload of fun, but <sighs> yet it's so bad. <laughs> it's wild. Uh, yeah, I think The Dark Knight is uh, that movie for a lot of people. What's your experience with it, Caitlin? I saw it in the theater. Oh, okay. I, I think probably more than once. I think I maybe saw it a couple times in theaters, uh, and then I promptly bought it on DVD. I watched it. I also like Batman Begins a lot, and I think this might sound wild to say, but I think I like Batman Begins better <gasps> than... Uh, and I only realized this upon re-watching both of them to prep for this episode. Mm. I was like, oh, there's like 30 minutes at the beginning of Dark Knight and 30 minutes at the end where it's like either hard to follow or kind of boring or like anticlimactic. But Batman Begins is like a streamlined like 
story all the way through with like rising tension and it's just like i don't know and i like an origin story mm. uh, arrest me it's whatever you're in jail I'm... baby no one's arguing for the dark knight rises <laughs> no 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 no, no. <sighs> that was actually filmed i went to carnegie mellon and part of that was filmed on one of the buildings like the part where the oh, steps yeah. i did the... i did a microscopy and i had classes in that building whoa, whoa. <laughs> isn't the the football stadium that's in that movie also the steelers yeah yeah so i thought hmm. whoa anyway wild so yeah i, I love this movie um i haven't revisited it though in probably like five years or so So. yeah jamie what about you i love this movie too i've never been a superhero person as loyal fans of the show will know Mm. but i feel like this movie came out when i was in high school and it just like everybody saw it i hadn't seen i remember seeing this movie and then having to go back and watch batman begins because i hadn't had any interest in it and then i mean yeah i've seen i think i've seen the full trilogy twice but i've seen this movie probably five or six times Mm -hmm. because it's i don't know it's my yeah it's 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 the one that people tell you to watch over and over, and it's the one that every toxic boyfriend makes you watch with him. So I've mm. I've seen this movie a bunch. I always really enjoy it. Uh, also hadn't revisited it in at least five years, and you know, lot to discuss. Certainly, yeah. <laughs> fridge, 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 fridge. So much fridging. Yeah. Okay. Wait, what fridging? Oh, so that's like when. Um, well, let's, well, let's. Oh yeah, we can. Yeah, yeah okay. we'll, we'll we'll get there. So should I just do the recap? Yes. Okay. Yes. Fridge. This movie's very long. I'll make this as quick as possible. It is very long. Two and a half hours. Uh, anyway, so we open. The Joker is robbing a mob bank. He's killing his criminal buddies. We're kind of thinking in the process. It, it evokes Spider-Man 2 when Alfred Molina is wearing the fedora at the bank. Right. And Joel McHale is there. <laughs> Joel McHale is and there. And Alfred Molina is like throwing bags of coins. Much goofier movie. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is a different tone. Yeah. Very. It is very goofy. <laughs> then we cut to Batman. He stops the scarecrow because i guess he forgot to do that in batman begins oops i don't know uh and then batman throws a dog <laughs> there was a lot of dog throwing a in this lot movie. Of, uh, i did yeah. not like towards that. animals i was just like who uh, whose dog is this i mean <laughs> rottweilers the representation of rottweilers specifically in this movie is not positive no anyway so um Meanwhile, there's a new district attorney in town, Harvey Dent. He is dating Bruce Wayne's love interest, Rachel Dawes. Who were just like, oh, it's Maggie Gyllenhaal now. It's no longer Katie Holmes. Right. Sure. Okay. We'll take whatever Scientology gives us. Right. <laughs> Scientology giveth and it taketh away. Yeah. <laughs> and Bruce Wayne is jealous because he wants to kiss Rachel. No. Um, Gordon, Lieutenant Gordon. Uh, Feminist icon Gary Oldman. Yikes, yeah. Jesus. There's a whole laundry list of like problematic men cast in this movie. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so he needs Dent's approval to get warrants to search and I guess seize these mob banks. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, Joker shows up to a mob meeting and they're all trying to figure out how to keep their money safe. And the Joker's like, oh, you should pay me to kill batman and the mob doesn't like joker but he is wacky and unhinged he's so so funny he's silly (laughs) and and he makes his own clothes he's like that so raven in that way yeah (laughs) and the only character i think of when i think of someone who makes their own clothes she's a style icon oh is she oh she had a sewing machine in her room oh yeah it was awesome um, anyways <laughs> but so joker is scary so they're like oh well i guess we gotta d- do what he says 
And then there's this guy, Mr. Lau, who does all the bookkeeping for the mob. So Batman goes to Hong Kong and brings him back to Gotham. And Dent and Rachel are like, you're in big trouble, mister. (laughs) So Lau gives up all the names of the mob boys so that Harvey Dent (laughs) can put them away in jail. My boy is back at it again. (laughs) (laughs) Joker does not like that this happened. So he's like, hey, Batman, take off your mask and show yourself. And every day that you don't do this, I will kill people. Meanwhile, Bruce Wayne throws a fundraiser for Harvey Dent because he wants Dent to be the new like face of hope. And people will be tipping the scale with candidates. Mm-hmm. We know this well. Well, he wants this because he basically wants to retire from being Batman so that he can kiss Rachel. Because in the first movie, she's like, while you're still Batman, we can't be together. Ugh. So Joker shows up to the fundraiser to go after Dent. And this is after he has killed the police commissioner and the judge who sentenced all of the mob boys. Mm. Uh, so Batman fights him off and then... Joker tries to kill the mayor, but Gordon takes a bullet for him during this parade, and Gordon dies. Or does he? Uh, I forgot that this happened. Exhausting. Because then they have to go to his wife and be like, him dead. And then they go back to his wife and say, him fine. Well, at least they got, you know, some of his wife in there through that. (laughs) His wife. That's like a third of the women. That's true. It's, uh, yeah, women weeping over Gary Oldman's death. So, you know, it's fiction. (laughs) So Joker names Rachel Dawes as his next victim. And Batman doesn't want any more blood on his hand. So he decides to reveal himself in the hopes that Joker will stop killing people. But before he can do this, Harvey Dent steps up and is like, I'm the Batman. And his reasoning for this is that when the Joker attacks again, the real Batman will be able to like swoop in and take him down. Right. So as they're getting Harvey Dent to safety or they've arrested him, I'm not sure, they're transporting him somewhere. uh, The Joker shows up and there's this big chase scene, which is very fun. Uh, shortly after that is the scene where he's like his head is out the window and his the wind is in his hair and he's just like ah the iconic yeah yeah <laughs> but Batman shows up to stop the Joker and then we find out that Gordon is not dead after all and he arrests and locks up the Joker and then gets promoted to commissioner yay for him problematic yay. men in charge hurrah and the Joker claps for him yes <laughs> a little jokey clap. <laughs> It was like a he does yeah. Nancy Pelosi clap. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, uh, I had his time in every way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Joker has already kidnapped Dent and Rachel, or he's had his goons do it, and he put he's put them in two different locations, and Batman has to choose who he's going to go save. So he goes after Rachel. He shows up there at the address, and Harvey is where Joker said that Rachel would be. So explosions go off, Rachel dies, and then half of Harvey's face gets burned off, and then he becomes Two-Face, and he's, he's bad now. He's, he's upset. Yeah, he's got, he's got a new look. <laughs> he got a glow up. a new attitude. Or a glow down. A, a lit up. <laughs> <Fire>. <laughs> 
And it's so gruesome. It is like he would be dead. I don't understand how he's still alive. He's, I remember the first time seeing that in theaters and being like, I was like, I think I was like 15, but I was like, oh, it, it is scared. <laughs> Graphic. It's, it's like, and that same thing happened in like Breaking Bad when. Did you go see Breaking Bad? I stopped after like four seasons. Well, like one of the major bad guys, like who's he is half his face is blown off, but he just like dies. <laughs> You're like, right, that's oh, okay. what would happen. That is, yeah, that makes <laughs> but way he more like, sense. But he dies like at, he like still walks outside and then falls down, <laughs> and you're like, your face is gone. Right. <laughs> wild anyway harvey dent is so strong and everyone loves him so he survives and becomes two-face wow and then joker blows up a hospital uh because batman still has not revealed himself and then his next target are these two fairies one is full of prisoners and one is full of civilians and both are full of explosions so explosives. the classic Trolley probably mm-hmm. love it. It's Doesn't like, that happen in Spider Man too? That happens in most a superhero. Lot of, yeah. yeah, but that also like they just had that with Rachel and Dent. They were like, pick your poison, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah, <laughs> he just did that. Right. So it's Get like some new moves, babe. <laughs> um, and he's doing this social experiment to see if they will blow each other up. These two boats, and he did just do that. Why did I not right. pick up on that? <laughs> but it's more people, and it's very stakes, obvious bad guys. It, it's <laughs> like, very obvious. Yeah, it's like a, from trolley problem to bigger trolley it's like, problem. Okay, this didn't work the first time I tried it. Let's make it big. Yeah, yeah he's like, really let's raise the stakes. Down. Let's yeah. you know escalate. So Dent, meanwhile, is going after the crooked cops who sold him and Rachel out, and he's killing them. And then Batman finds Joker via this, like, crazy surveillance machine. NSA. Yeah, uh (laughs) uh-huh. There's some really weird stuff glorified in this movie. Like, thank God the NSA was spying on everyone. Or we wouldn't have been able to find Mr. Joke. Yeah. Yep. And then (laughs) the, the boats don't blow each other up. And then the Joker is like, hey, wait a minute. I thought that would work. And then... He's caught, but there's a whole thing after this. Uh, Then Harvey Dent has kidnapped Gordon's family because I guess like Gordon was okay with having crooked cops in his unit, something like that. I don't know. It's scary, Oldman. You're just like, it's probably, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. He's supposed to be good. He's supposed to be good. And then Batman shows up once again and saves the day. Uh, Dent gets killed but they all have to pretend like he was still good since he was like gotham's white knight right and so gotham's dark knight that's the name of the movie is going to take the fall for dense crimes because something about a hero that we have but we need but, we, <laughs> but do deserve. we deserve it it's hard to <laughs> but know it's it's the one uh we deserve but not the one we need right now it's weird i, I like <laughs> I, people think it should be flipped and stuff. Oh. I don't know. The, I know I've seen it as a back tattoo. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> oh, Let's take a quick break, and then we'll jump into the discussion. Hey. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. 
Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon. Melon Serum. This next generation serum has the power of Melon Leaf stem cell technology. It's Melon Leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. And we're back. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. I I was thinking a lot about... (laughs) friend of the cast Whitmer Thomas he does like a I was just thinking of his Joker bit for most of this movie oh I, I either haven't seen it or haven't seen it in a while because I don't great. really remember it they talk about it a lot on on his podcast uh, American Arts and Culture Review so I wanted to shout that out at the top because I was thinking about it consistently throughout wow this thinking about a man's work Jamie okay listen I I'm very problematic and I'm honestly canceled <laughs> I blame her male therapist yeah <laughs> he probably incepting the, you it's another Christopher Nolan podcast. thing <laughs> there okay Chris can we talk about Christopher Nolan right at the top because sure. he has some problems <laughs> he I'm, I'm a fan of his work generally he has a major issue with uh well let's talk about fridging the concept of fridging. So I have some info here. Women in refrigerators. It was uh, actually... What? Oh, it's exactly what it sounds like? It's literally exactly what it sounds like. That's so funny. Um, I think we first talked about this in our um, Laura Croft episode with Danny Fernandez. Mm. Um, So way back in the day. But for a refresher, it was originally a website created in 99 by a group of feminist comic book fans that list examples of the comic book trope whereby female characters are injured, raped, killed, or depowered, sometimes to stimulate protective traits as a plot device intended to move a male character story arc forward. So Gail Simone is generally the the woman uh, credited with this, and Mm -hmm. it basically comes from, do you have the information of, uh, the the reason it's called fridging is because of a specific comic book plot where a wife or girlfriend is killed and literally stuffed in a fridge to motivate uh, the male character. Oh, yes. I don't know the specific source of that, so if we have any fans who know, please. I don't know the specific 
like comic book being referenced, but that's why it's called fridging. But now it's kind of just shorthand for killing off a female character, usually a wife, a girlfriend, love yeah, interest. Killing off, kidnapping, brutalizing in some way. Yeah. To, mo- wow. yeah, to, to motivate. Move the, and to move the story forward. Which this movie is very guilty of. Several times. Uh, but also, Christopher Nolan's work in general is guilty of, if we're thinking of his filmography, uh, where like you start with Memento, mm. which is... He's trying – his wife. Uh, <laughs> that movie is his wife. Inception is his wife. Batman, uh, The Dark Knight is his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. They're, like It is such a consistent pattern in his work that from what I could tell, the first time in his entire filmography, the first time that doesn't happen is um, – what's the movie about space? Oh, uh, Interstellar. That's the first movie where someone isn't fridged. There's no yes. fridges in space. There's no, <laughs> and that's why. And that's why there's nowhere to put women in space. Yeah. Simply, he was just like, well, it doesn't seem to be an option. Uh, but it is. I mean, it, it's. I I don't want to like. I, I mean, it's by no means a reason to knock his work as a whole. But it is interesting to like see how long it takes for auteur filmmakers like Christopher Nolan to pick up on or get enough blowback of like you can't this is so lazy and shitty and you know right because the implications of fridging I mean there's many of them it's that a woman first of all it means we have to usually see a woman being brutalized on screen the implication is that a woman is much weaker than her male counterparts, and then and just is, not as important to the story. Right, it's just damsel in distress. That's exactly like all it is. Yeah. Right, but like just turned up to yeah. an eleven. And the the movie I was forgetting about was The Prestige, where uh, Hugh Jackman's uh, assistant wife dies, and then right. the story basically starts. Yes. Um. So The Dark Knight is not an exception to this rule. Chris Nolan made Interstellar, which. I've never seen, but uh, it's amazing. People love it. Uh, It's because they actually do black holes right. (laughs) Like it's the first time I've (laughs) ever seen science in a movie used accurately. It's because Kip Thorne, who won the Nobel Prize in physics, like consulted and they listened to him. That's amazing. We should mention that Paula V is a woman in STEM. Ever (laughs) for now. (laughs) (laughs) I need to go to school. (laughs) Um, But yeah, this is the uh, this this is a movie where it happens, and then just to extend it a little, it doesn't happen in Interstellar, and then there's no women in that Boy Island movie he made. Are you oh, happy? Dunkirk. Are you happy now? <laughs> yes. There's no fridging because there are no women. There's no women. He's There's like, no I fridges fixed in it. space. There's no women on the island. He's like, Harry Styles, happy? <laughs> so, yes, there is. That's my comment on Chris Nolan. As it took, he, he figured it out for exactly one movie. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not this one. It is not this one because it does certainly happen a lot. So we have... Essentially one main female character in this movie. We have a couple secondary characters, but as far as the main one who still doesn't get that much screen time, it is Rachel Dawes. She is framed as the love interest of two different men. So another, you know, like female character put into like a love triangle situation. But it's crazy that she's the love interest of two men and they both still can't tell that she's not Katie Holmes. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) they're so in love with her. Like, no, I'm just in love with the idea of you. <laughs> um, Maggie Gyllenhaal, man, she does her best with what she's given here. I like her a lot. Yeah. I like her too. But yeah, so just to continue this this fridging, damseling conversation, yeah. um, it first happens during the, the fundraising party that Bruce Wayne throws for Harvey Dent. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Joker shows up. 
he threatens her, kind of has a knife to her face. He's telling a story about his wife. His wife. Uh, but I think his wife is fake. In which like, he's damseling yeah. her, too. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. His fictional, his wife. Yeah. Right. Uh. Um, so Batman comes in and saves her by, like, punching the Joker in the face. I just think it's funny that the reason that she's put in that situation where he, like, grabs a knife and puts it to her face is because he's, like, threatening an old man. And she's like, okay, knock it off. Oh, no. <laughs> like, yeah. like, he, he's like, oh, you got a little fight in you. Oh, and yeah. then God. she's like, I'm damsel. And she's like, I'm scared. <laughs> a few minutes later, Joker grabs her again, holds mm. a gun to her head, and then drops her out of a window, and then Batman has to, like, dive after her and save her again. Yeah. Also, I feel like that's not how gravity works, but okay. Right. He's, <laughs> he, he has he his, speeds up. his suit. His acceleration due to gravity in his Batman suit is, like, faster than normal because of all of his science, science stuff. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not a woman in STEM, but I feel like that's how that works. <laughs> <laughs> Then she gets damseled again, like for the third and finale (laughs) time, where the Joker's goons, we've understood, have have kidnapped her, put her in this warehouse full of explosives, and then she is killed when the explosives go off. Right. This is, I mean, there's a lot written about this character. Mm -hmm. Um, From what my research indicates, and I'm not a bat head, so simply go off in the comments if I'm wrong. But she she's one of the only characters in this film franchise that was added for the movie. Um, she is not a character that appears prior to this film franchise. Oh, so she was not in the comics or anything like she that? She isn't, no. Oh, interesting. There's, there's a number of other, I mean, I think they appear in other Batman movies. There's a number of other Batman girlfriends. Vicki Vale Vicky is the Va- one from the Tim Burton Batman. I remember that. Right. Which we did cover many, many moons ago. I know. No, it's wild. And <laughs> feels One of our like, first episodes. Um, but yeah, she she doesn't appear in the comic books originally, and I feel like that is kind of so. It's not even an adaptation problem, which I think some of the issues with this movie kind of are, mm-hmm. and all comic book movies sort of come up against that. But right. Rachel, that, that doesn't seem to actually apply to her, so it's kind of like even more obnoxious. So that the screenwriters just fucked up. <laughs> the screenwriters fridged her, which... and I would argue she has some Mary Sue qualities uh and there's just i don't know like she's just kind of like a go-to like every trope i don't i like well i don't have a handle on who she is at all really i I also think it's like crazy that like she she's wavering on like who she wants to be with and she's painted like she kisses bruce wayne when she's with harvey so then it's like and then she's like sacrificed so like you don't even get to like her as much as you want to well that's I have a theory about that and I don't know if anyone else has read it this way but I feel like there's a read of it where the movie feels justified in killing her because she doesn't choose because she doesn't she was gonna leave yeah I feel the same way yeah okay Yeah. yeah where it's like she's made to seem like a little bit less lovable before she even though it's like objectively She's making the right. I mean, if yeah. you, if she, I mean, if she, if we were really, she wouldn't choose either of them. I have, but. I have, I have. Okay, two things. I have, I have a joke about how Batman's the OG fuck boy because <laughs> because he's like, listen, I gotta be a playboy billionaire during the day. It's part of my cover up. It's my disguise. And then Superman and Spider Man are like, we're in monogamous re- relationships and work at a newspaper. What? <laughs> like, 
so, so I just think it's like it's like she she doesn't pick the fuck boy and then is punished She's for punished. it. Right. And then and then also like I think it's so funny like not funny but it's like ironic i don't know when she she's like blown up in the middle of a sentence <laughs> like she gets interrupted is, is more realistic <laughs> by a bomb yeah and then yeah. harvey's like screaming at her instead of hearing her last words like knowing you know what i mean yeah he's very emotional that one it it's it, I feel I, Rachel, I think, in general, deserves better. We do know what her job is. I feel like it is almost used to just justify her being around Harvey. Harvey yeah. and, and by extension, sort of Bruce. Because we don't really see her, like, do much for her job. She's the assistant DA, so arguably she's a villain, too. And um, then she's also <laughs> fucking the DA. <laughs> right, right, which is, Inappropriate. Like, yeah. In, yeah. Well, that's right. Because, like, so we know what she does for a living. At least we get that. At least yes. we know And she seems she's in to law. be good at it? I have no idea. But we don't she, see she, she was on time when Harvey wasn't. There you go. And, okay, so in that scene, yeah. th- this is toward the beginning, in this scene... She's waiting for this trial to begin. They're in the courtroom. And then, like, Harvey shows up. And he's like, eh, sorry, I'm late. And he's Babe. like, were you worried you might have to, like, do this without me? And she's like, I know these briefs backwards. Yeah. And he's like, well, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to do it anyway. This is my thing. Anyways, I'm new here. And I'm better than you. Yeah. I mean, it's she. there are moments that, like... But it's like we don't really see that really come into play very much. Like we see – it's nice to see her be like, okay, she is clearly good at her job. But like that's never really plot relevant, the fact that she's good at her job, is it? And we still don't really even see her do her job at any point. Yeah. It's like the bare minimum (laughs) of like describing who she is and where she is. I appreciate the gesture, but I don't know. She could kind of do anything and the movie wouldn't change. Right. Um, <laughs> whoopsie! I'd also this whole time. This was the first time where I was like, and someone I I tweeted about something about Batman, and someone was just like, "Oh, wouldn't it be better if like Batman and Tony Stark simply paid their taxes? They would probably be doing the world okay. a lot more yes. good if they just paid do they their not pay taxes? their taxes. I mean, chances are they're probably getting huge tax breaks because yeah. of like all their corporations, all that stuff. That's like I used to sit, think that like Batman was my favorite superhero too, but now I'm realizing he like sucks. Like there's because there's <laughs> so much discussion about like class and poverty and how it's causing all this crime in Gotham. This is happens a little bit more in Batman Begins, but it's like you're a gazillionaire. If you just yeah. redistribute your wealth instead of like cosplaying as a bat and punching exactly. people, like, I was like stop cosplaying do... as Halloween animals and do your <laughs> and pay your taxes, right. sir. Like, Are you guys looking to see an action movie starring Bill Gates? Is that... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the hero that we deserve <laughs> and, need. and need. You yeah. saw that video of him. Have you guys seen that video of him jumping over the rolly chair? No. no. <laughs> He could be a super. <laughs> he might be horrible. I have no idea. All billionaires are scary to me. Yes. Um. But I, it does feel like a very like Batman could not be written now and be such a sympathetic. I feel like with the comparison to Bill Gates, I think he falls more into like Elon Musk's 
territory mm. because he's pushing like technology and stuff. Right. Ugh. And so like as a scientist and engineer, I feel like because people are like, Elon, why don't you just like fix Flint instead of going to space? And I'm like, yeah, okay, don't throw your car into space. That's just space trash. Yeah. And don't throw your fridge into space, dear God. <laughs> but then don't, then don't, a woman will end up in there. Yeah, don't fridge your fridge. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Wait, but I'm um, gonna watch Bill Gates jump over this chair really quick. But I but I feel like, you know, there's a need and it doesn't have to be mutually exclusive for all these things to happen. But let's watch Bill Gates. Oh my god. So wow. oh, yo, he got jumped. I would watch that movie. We'll post that little YouTube <laughs> clip on our yeah. Twitter. It's a lot. Um, um anyways, yeah, I mean it's it's I, I do I do mean it as like a joke, but just like the idea of like presenting a billionaire as like the superhero to end all other superheroes feels like a very particular you know, there's a there's a time where that like American yeah. dreamy stuff can succeed, and I feel like now is maybe not mm-hmm. that definitely. Also, did anyone feel like Christian Bale's Bruce Wayne is just Christian Bale's Patrick Bateman? Oh. <laughs> like. He, they act the exact same to me, and they look the exact same because they're Christian Bale. Though. Yeah, <laughs> but like, <laughs> yeah, but he's. <laughs> I mean, they're even like dressed and styled the same way. Like their hair is the same. Like but, they look identical and they act identical. I was thinking of like the scene toward the beginning where he comes in with like the ballerina, and mm. he's like, "Let's put these tables together." And Harvey Dent's like, "I don't think they'll allow us." And he's like, "They should. I, I own, own the place." place. <laughs> and it's like, I feel like that is such a Patrick Bayman thing. I don't know. Anyway, Anyway. But I, th- I think, oh, yeah, his character of Bruce Wayne, you're saying. Yes. Oh, I see. Maybe. Yeah. When he's Bruce Wayne, yeah. he is being Patrick Bateman. When he's Batman, he's like, oh, I'm Batman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, his, sure his Bruce Wayne, to me, read a lot like Patrick Bateman. But more importantly and more relevant, part of Bruce Wayne's persona when he's not Batman, when he's like, you know, being his whatever regular self Part of that persona is to treat women like objects. Fuck he, boy. Yeah, he, yeah. yeah you, boy. you touched on this a little That's... bit already, but like he rolls into Harvey Dent's fundraiser with like three women on his arm. The ballet has to be canceled because he takes the entire like ballet full of dancers onto his yacht. Although that ballerina Natasha is my favorite character in the movie. She's smart. I love I, what she, she was saying about oh, vigilantes. Wait, is does that that doesn't count because there were two dudes in there, but like she is talking about that is that's one when two the, women meet. That, like I don't know any other scene where two women meet and talk. There right. is one other that is wild uh but yeah that i liked i liked that i mean she's in it for literally 45 seconds mm-hmm. someone was like natasha are you the prima and then she like but then batman cuts her off and he he's interrupts. like she's the prima ballerina for the moscow yeah. ballet and you're like she was talking right he, she gets in inter- everyone's getting interrupted in this movie all the women are and then she's clearly only there because bruce wayne brought her to be like see rachel i have a date too i go on dates i have a girl lady but the twist is she's cool and she's like Batman what the like everyone's like she's like why are we relying on this like cosplayer to save the world and she like kind of criticizes Harvey as the DA for counting on a Batman to <laughs> do his job for him yeah. and you're like oh yeah outside of this world that would seem very irrational um, so I just I, I was here for Natasha I was hoping she'd come back but she did not no she didn't but shout out to her um one last thing on the fridging conversation 
Gordon's, his wife, and Mm -hmm. children also get damseled and infringed, essentially, by Harvey Dent at the end. Also, Gordon's son gets is credited with a name. Gordon's daughter is not. Huh. Fun. Wow. That's because he said he loved her more. (laughs) That's the only reason he loved the boy more, because it's a boy. And so you're like, oh, so that's Jimmy. Cool. (laughs) Upsetting. But yeah, his his, uh, daughter is not credited, even at the end of the movie, with a name. And she doesn't have any lines. I think the little boy at least, like... He's says like, something. He asks, yeah. he asks about Batman when Batman like runs away. Right. Um, and then you can tell that it's going to be the little kid that's excited about the superhero or right. whatever. Mm-hmm. But the little girl was never like, what the fuck, dad? You love him more than me. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. That's yeah. not going to haunt their relationship she's, for decades. She's yeah. going to have to go to a male therapist after this. <laughs> okay, first of all, that hurts. <laughs> Just a quick thing on two face whenever he says i make my own luck i'm like jack dawson titanic yes fuck. Okay. yes okay. well that's what cal hockley says right he's like i make my own, I make my own look. Yeah. yeah it's like oh i, I mean aaron eckhart but what about billy zane mm-hmm. billy zane mm-hmm. visibility is very low in this movie extremely low it's at an all-time low <laughs> <laughs> they don't even reference him and aaron eckhart man aaron eckhart is so weird because he can be so good in movies and yeah. also so bad oh like, really he well i he, frankenstein you gotta check out i frankenstein <laughs> oh god it's the movie of my life. I love it so much. It's he plays sexy Frankenstein. Well, uh, didn't he do that in this movie too? <laughs> sort of, which is yeah. Wouldn't patch him up. It's the opposite effect. <laughs> it's even. I mean, he can play this exact role very well or terribly. <laughs> I think great. he did. I think he did a good job of transitioning to like he played both characters pretty well. I think that yeah. they didn't give him enough time to like transition or whatever. But it like it still was pretty good mm-hmm. in this movie at least. I like his performance in this movie a yeah. lot. Yeah, I just can't like rewatching it this time. I was like, they went too overboard with his face. Like, really? Cause, I cause like that's it. what it looks like in the comics. I don't know. I really oh, like man. it. I like it because it also gives him that grin, like uh, the Joker. Like, oh, they all true. have like these like smiles, permanent grins, yeah. but scary ones. Yeah. Huh. But also, like in these movies, like superhero movies are supposed to be like ridiculous. <laughs> you know, like that's yeah. true. you go in like knowing that fucking gravity doesn't work for Batman or that like his face can be blown off and he'll still survive. Yeah, like right. I guess well was it Tommy Lee Jones who who plays Two Face in the earlier Batman I and like so. he just has like a bunch of scars on his face. I'm like that is, you know, still a bit gruesome, but you know, not yeah. as I liked it. I like that they went all the way with it. Because I feel like this is like gritty Batman. This yeah. is the grit not gritty. Which, shout out to uh, queer and feminist icon gritty sure <laughs> there but this is like there and i feel like all movies were trying to be like this for a while where they're like it's a very dark reboot but this yeah. is this is this is okay i have a lot of thoughts about this yeah. this is exactly what batman the animated series did like this is how it shifted batman and all of these other superhero things that tried to like emulate them after mm-hmm. batman the animated series like the even the way that they like animated it was on like dark paper and they like painted light on top of that uh-huh. and it it was like the grittiness that came in. So after the animated series is when all of these things shifted. Before it was like more silly. There was fucking nipples on the suit, which I right. think Schumacher should, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but and then like Batman the animated series was also responsible for the two voices of Batman, oh, uh, Kevin Connolly or whatever. Yeah, 
and for like like and the crazy laugh and yeah and then all of these other superhero movies were like we're gonna make this darker now got it yeah all right good to know except for like the flash is still fun yeah. <laughs> the flash is like i just go real fast <laughs> like in every movie i mean in this movie it works super well like it, it makes sense that every superhero movie was trying to be this for a while and shout out to hans zimmer for the soundtrack. What yeah. a good score. It's Such great. a good score. Yes. Love so some Zimmer. Good. Love us some Zimmer. We got to take a quick break, but we will come right back. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. Big screen. I want to be remembered for just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent, only in theaters May 17th. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's full regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon. Serum. This next generation serum has the power of Melon Leaf stem cell technology. It's Melon Leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthierhappenstogether. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. And we're back. Oh, yeah. There's a few other female characters in this movie. There are. Well, can we talk about Ramirez? But I also want to talk about the representation of people of color in this movie because I think that will kind of nicely transition. Yeah, yeah. Because the only people of color in the movie are bad guys, criminals, people in the mob, villains, or people who have been incarcerated. No, there there was a cop that was killed that was black too, right? Oh, Oh, the commissioner. Yes. No, no, uh, no, there was a cop that was like, hey, what are you doing here? And then he got shot in the face by Joker. <laughs> okay, yes. There's that one. Come on. There's so that there's guy. A, there's a couple uh, law enforcement yeah. officers, too. Of course, there's also Morgan Freeman. 
uh, who yes. is an, an ally to Bruce Wayne and Batman. I mean, ally to a billionaire. Yes. Love it. Uh, uh, <laughs> he has, he was like, he had some ethics. You know? No, he definitely he, did. He did hate the NSA machine, so yeah. mm-hmm. that was good. Um, but he is on the list of bad people IRL, which we will get to. Oh, right. Ah, yes. um, oh, fuck, I forget all of them. There's too many. There's so, there's many. so many. It's so hard to keep track of all of them. <sighs> Um, but the the majority of people of color you see in the movie are framed as being bad guys. And then one of the other female characters that we get to meet is Detective Ramirez. She seems good. She seems like a, a good person, but then she turns out to be traitorous because she sold out Rachel to the Joker and, and his goons. She was, I mean, and again, it's like we don't have really the context of how this character is portrayed in the comic books, and I think she is in the comic books. Yeah, that's hard. The The, the main thing with Ramirez though, is like it took, they don't say her name until she's been on screen a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And so that was, I, I, I don't, I mean, she's probably in Batman Begins as well, but I'm like, I have no fucking clue what this character's name is. And then it's like the third or fourth time she's in the movie for a couple seconds someone says this is Anna Ramirez you're like oh great thank you (laughs) I appreciate that I mean she ended up being duplicitous and one of the times that this movie sort of passes the Bechdel test is when Anna Ramirez is like being she's being held at gunpoint by Aaron Eckhart and and she calls his wife it's a mind fuck of a pass (laughs) yeah Uh, she is being held at gunpoint by Aaron Eckhart but it does technically pass uh (laughs) oops yeah but she's talking about oh she's just trying to like get them out of the house or whatever yeah she has called um Barbara Gordon who is named Gordon um Gordon's Gordon's wife wife, um yeah Ramirez is like oh you gotta get away we can't trust those cops go to this address yeah blah 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 so although she can't she keeps saying like he wants you to do this he wants you to go here so yeah about Gordon yeah yeah I had I had one two-line exchange in that conversation passing right but either way it's a wild it's it's a wild reveal that you're like oh she's being held at gunpoint great Mm -hmm. i uh, i don't know if this happens in the comic books i at very least appreciated that her betrayal is not irrational and there is a reason that she's doing it we like learn that her mother is sick in the hospital Mm -hmm. and she is given her little trolley choice of like do i save my mother or do i kind of sell out this family so yeah at very least i feel like she's not so underwritten that you're just like oh she's just bad like you do understand why she's doing she's what motivated. she's motivated yeah but so, it still means that the i think the one woman of color in the entire movie is made to be presented in such a way where the audience then hates her i don't or, I mean well, i feel like you don't hate her though i don't I mean, hate her yeah. okay all right it's but it's, it, but not a good not a ethical person in the way that all these men who have to like stand up for what they believe in are right right who make the right decision yeah i don't know i mean yeah the there's definitely i mean again a christopher nolan thing it's just like it's they're they're very white movies and so when people of color are portrayed in certain ways it's like there's no one really to compare it to and but it's interesting because like at so many points in this movie the joker's like make a decision pick (laughs) pick the person you want to kill right right and she had that choice too with her mom versus uh like everybody else basically Mm -hmm. but it's interesting that like right before that the convict like threw the thing out the window because he was a person of color who also had the decision where like he would be killed um and so it's like it's it also is like a power play like with convicts versus you know police officers and like class stuff so i think like 
at least they had that. <laughs> That's you true. Know? I mean, the, the uh, on the two fairies, we have the like I all like the incarcerated people, and yeah, then, like the guy who's like, I'm going to do what I, we should have done ten minutes ago, and he throws the detonator out the window, and then meanwhile. On and, the he ta- other boat. and he takes it from a white police uh, police officer. So yes. the police officer gave it to him thinking that he was going to blow up the other boat. Right. And you see the failure in the police officer's ethics and the rise of this convicts. Right. And then on the other boat is uh, all the civilians. And then there's like one white guy in particular who's like, let's kill them. They made their choice. They're, They're murderers. Bad. And then... Even he can't go through with it, but like... And then everyone around him is disappointed that he can't go through with yeah, it. Right. But everyone on the convict's boat, like the 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 group of people he's like friends with or whatever, like go to protect him. Mm-hmm. Like if, if right. you see he like walks back and then like all of his black friends like surround him and are like, yeah, this is it. My theory is that everyone on the civilian boat is actually like guilty of insider trading, yes. but they've never mm-hmm. been like convicted. And then everyone on the like boat of incarcerated people are ju- were in jail for men. like, it's yeah, they were like, to, like for like a, mar- a marijuana <laughs> charge. Yeah. yeah. And they're all actually like I mean, nonviolent offenders. That's not <laughs> necessarily a theory, <laughs> but probably I mean, honestly, accurate, probably. especially given their facial reactions when they didn't kill a bunch of people. Right. I yeah I I I feel like that it that that scene does part of what I like about this movie well where it's just kind of like a very comic booky like who is good and who isn't what is good what is bad and like people who are put in certain boxes aren't actually that and I mean it's definitely like a very egregious example but I I don't know I always like that scene too yeah. um but there should, I mean, there should be more people of color in this franchise and, and seen mm-hmm. in different roles. I totally agree. For sure. There is um, there is another woman in this in the, in this movie that we didn't mention. And Ooh. she is the one who's having sex in his bedroom with that man while he goes <laughs> into his safe room. And she's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> when shit goes down right. at the fundraising party. And I she's mean, putting her blouse God. back on, as we all normally do, very carefully buttoning the shirt. Up. Oh, I can't leave a room unless all I, the buttons yeah, are yeah, just so. I mean, not wrinkled at all. A sex positive icon Truly. in this movie. Uh, there is Young woman well, fucking an old man. <laughs> Well, if we bring up her, we also have to bring up the woman who, I think his name is like Salvatore Maroni. Mm -hmm. He's in a nightclub with this woman. And she's like, can we go somewhere else? We can't hear each other talk. And then he's like, what makes you think I want to hear you you talk? talk. (laughs) Feminist icon Maroni. Salvatore Maroni. So this is who we get to choose from of the, the female characters in the film and, we've and i br- think we picked natasha right? we, i think natasha's the best one yeah. she should have been seen more and we briefly so we mentioned barbara gordon a couple times but she only really exists in relation to her husband we see her primarily doing mother stuff and being damseled right and i think crying barbara crying. is also crying. the name of oh my god what's his the name wife from in the, the rock? rock yeah that sounds Barbara right Hummel is like, on the Barbara grave. Hummel. Yeah, his <laughs> wife. Yeah, <laughs> wild. Uh, the list of disgraced men. I'll just go through quickly. I also. But they were all just dis- like it was outed after post. the movie. Right? This yes. is all post. So we didn't 08. know at the time, but right. Christian Which is Bale. Yeah. Oh, what did what did Christian Bale do? He was arrested for assault following a dispute between him and his mother and sister. Oh shit! Yeah. I was trying to read up on this. The details seem murky. I don't I, quite know enough to he's, comment. He's denied. I mean, he denied the allegations, and it seems like they were kind of dropped, which uh, for me never necessarily means that that is any reflection. Right. Of so it was so from his mother and sister that. Yes. Okay. 
And he's also been known to have outbursts on set a lot. And yeah, and on stage with that accent, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Put that away, Christian. Oh boy. How can, how can we never figured out how to act <laughs> less Cockney? I don't know. The, the ultimate twist. <laughs> yeah, I don't, that yeah. was crazy he that he's like been in film for so long and none of us fully understood what he sounded like. Because he's almost always doing an American accent he's or like a always. more posh British accent. And then, yeah, you hear his accent in real life and you're like, oh my. What this man surprise. hasn't received enough awards. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's the takeaway. Um, we've got Michael Caine who loves Brexit. Oh, what? Yeah. Oh, my God. He's what? a Brexiter. Okay, but he's not. Uh, so he's just an idiot then. <laughs> he, he's yeah. just too rich for his own good. Uh, yeah. Okay, but he's not like a malicious idiot. I I mean, I would argue that anyone who's like in full support of Brexit is like a, a bad person. Well, I think like. But, I, and I, like inherently racist and, you know, things oh, like that. Oh, I see. Well, I, I put them in like different categories than like assault and like these yeah i mean well speaking of uh gary oldman assaulted his wife i forget what year that was but that came to light that came out that's so sad right before he won an oscar anyways so really a wash for gary Uh Uh, and then morgan freeman made many many unwanted sexual advances and remarks towards many women on different sets and And then he also had a weird thing with his like stepdaughter or someone who was in his family oh that one i don't know about again it's so hard to keep track of all the horrible men and all of their horrible misdeeds and it's exhausting it's a weird yeah and this is just a side fact about christian bale that i learned today Mm. is that he at one point was gloria steinem's stepson Oh. Oh. So he's a feminist, feminist icon. Adjacent. <laughs> Wait, so. he was her stepson and but and then, his real mom and his sister is who he <laughs> is who, right. He did not I think that more people would know if he assaulted Gloria, Gloria Steinem. And and also I mean it's worth saying that uh, all of these men are still working and are doing just fine. Yes. So make of that what you will. Oh, this movie was I miss uh, Heath. <laughs> I know. We we barely talk about Heath. I mean, um, yeah, just fantastic. I mean, and no complaints. Nothing's come out. <laughs> nothing's come out. As far as we know, terrific guy. Uh, I wanted to touch briefly on how mental illness is demonized yes. in this movie. Ooh. Well, that's I mean the Joker's character in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. But but Batman stands up for it. Right, he was like that guy's a schizophrenic, and you wanted to hurt him. Yes, so that. basically, that's that one line, and then everybody else is crazy. Yeah, yeah. So one of Joker's goons is described as being a paranoid schizophrenic, the kind of mind that Joker attracts. So I don't know if it's even in defense of that man, or like saying like you shouldn't, you know. I think he was trying anything. to. Sorry, I keep interrupting you on this <laughs> feminist podcast. <laughs> Oh, My therapist we, told me I have masculine energy. <laughs> no. She was, she was like, you're like an, an alpha guy. Girl. I mean, girl. <laughs> you're just like, okay, that is a free session. Right? <laughs> that is a but, free session. But I think he, he stops someone from hurting. Yes. Know. He stops Dent from shooting him. Right. I mean, for me, it's there's so many, like overly serious toxic male tropes that are given power in this movie it it comes down to kind of an adaptation issue for me where it's like we have like the idea of asylums in this world Mm -hmm. are like super stigmatized and i feel like they are in a lot of comic book Mm -hmm. universes this is something that 
isn't really improved upon in this movie, which I think that the only thing it does is present the Joker as more complicated and is to an extent multifaceted and we know that he is in pain from enduring being stigmatized and there is that I don't think it really goes far enough I think that well since they name this specific illness paranoid schizophrenia and then because that's like the one specific representation we have of mental illness in this movie and then having that character who has that illness end up being a, a villain and a bad guy like right that who does, needs to die right like, that does a lot of harm and to say like oh it's the kind of mind that joker attracts which means apparently then joker goes after a lot of different people with maybe an array of mental illnesses and that means that all of those and, people with mental illnesses are demonized too because they're all bad guys I think, I think in general like um this is an issue i love like superhero comic books, movies, everything. But like, this is a, an issue in general is like mental illness. And then also like, I hate the way scientists are portrayed because they're often like the same thing. It's like the mad scientist. Yeah. Like there's never any like good engineers other than like Batman and Iron Man. Right. Like, <laughs> right. so I'm like, we're not all fucking crazy. Like we're not. And I think they often couple those things together. Like the most brilliant minds who are villainized are these like mad scientist type people like Scarecrow. Yeah. developed this technology but he's like using it for evil for, you know yeah so i think that's like those are two things that in general all comic books have an issue with usually we've and talked it, about different movies where like especially women in stem are demonized or like women in stem adjacent whether or they're it's made like, to be it's, witches it's like or, a yeah. false attempt to empower them yeah um and be like see our women are more complicated but then it's like they're just evil <laughs> they can't be like smart and also caring and Right. Whatever. Mm-hmm. There's, and I feel like uh, w- speaking to the mental illness conversation, I think that schizophrenia is like kind of disproportionately attacked yeah. in movies as oh, yes. seeming like truly like you cannot possibly function in society. Mm-hmm. Um, bipolar is also a common thing. I feel like that's kind of invoked more in slasher movies of like they're so two-faced and they can't blah blah blah. Oh, and to all my bipolar heads out there, we're we're cool, we're chill, we're fun to be around. We need uh, a manic superhero. We <laughs> Right. Like there We need someone that's like I'm going to go solve crime today. <laughs> and then I think there's a different read of the joke that is just sort of really empathizing with like a misunderstood white guy who descends into violence um Mm -hmm. even putting the Mm -hmm. mental illness conversation aside like i like that he is made to be a complicated character by that movie i think there's like a lot of interesting things to be said about that but like ultimately if you're not reading it as an attack on mental illness he's a misunderstood white guy who kills people and that is you know, that's not nothing. That's... A lone stabber. Exactly. <laughs> right. yeah. like, I don't know. He was always kind of eccentric. <laughs> right, right. But no one, I don't think anyone in this movie calls him a terrorist, but that is what he is. No, he's, he's invoking terrorist, terror, yeah. but because he's a white guy, no one's using that language. They never said terrorizing the city. Usually they use that They might, but word. they didn't call him specifically a terrorist, I yeah. do not think. Because I don't think of terror, I mean, I know that they're pulled from the same root word, but I don't think of someone saying, like, you're terrorizing the city as, I feel a terrorist. like a terrorist is different. But do they yeah. do that with, like, people of color in these comic books? I feel like they well I, I don't know i think I the know. the villains are almost always white men 
so I don't know yeah. that they're at least, at least there's them. that. At least you're not getting called in to be like terrorists in a Marvel movie. That's <laughs> like at least yay. yay. We're just not in the Marvel movie. But but I think when you do have like a you know mental illness conversation aside, a white male terrorist, you know I think that they go further into justifying his actions and giving it context than you probably would if the villain were a person of color. Yeah, it's the yeah. It definitely, it, now that we're talking about it this way, and he's just like the outside character that people, that Dent chooses, that Dent mm-hmm. is convinced by because he's tired of the system, that's Trump. That's yeah. like, Shit. that's like that chaos of like, I'd rather he's pick this the unknown swamp. than anything he's else. Draining. That's Trump. Yeah. Aww. Harvey Dent drained the swamp. Yeah. And there's, I mean, and then, and we can talk all day about like, oh, Batman just never processed his trauma. He'd rather dress up like a bat than deal with the death of his parents. I don't want to Kinda. talk about it. <laughs> uh, I'm oh, leave me alone. I'm going to go wear my bat costume. Think, You're like, all right. I think like I identify with him because a lot of my depression, like people can't tell when I'm depressed because I just work harder. <laughs> oh, I love, yeah, high-functioning. So, like, yeah, high-functioning. So it's like I just pour everything into like being a robot, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think that's probably why I like him a lot. Um, Does anyone have any final points about the movie? I just want a Natasha movie. Uh, oh, the ballerina? Yes. Well, that brings us to, I mean, we've already talked quite a bit about this, but does this movie pass the Bechdel test? Sort of. I mean, we Yeah, I guess it would be Ramirez talking to Barbara with that two-line exchange because she's like, those cops can't be trusted. Go to 250-something street. But uh, she's technically talking about her protecting her daughter and son. So you're like, eh, you could kind of see it. I, but I, I felt like that did pass. And it was an insane pass because she's being held at gunpoint by a man mm-hmm. while it's happening. That's and also how Christopher Nolan put it in the movie. Right. <laughs> He's like, fine, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm a feminist. <laughs> and then the other conversation where women are even just in the same scene together, which hardly happens, but Rachel says to Natasha, Natasha, are you the prima? And then Bruce interrupts and says, yeah. prima ballerina for the Moscow Ballet. So they don't even get to talk to each other because Bruce Wayne interrupts a woman. <sighs> yeah so um a great movie great but fun to watch <laughs> honestly i still did enjoy it, I loved it. <laughs> it's a good movie uh i'm glad that i mean it does sort of in context it gives me a little bit of relief to know that christopher nolan got this note eventually to like please stop fridging women as the center of the plot of mm-hmm. every single one of your movies <laughs> um it is nice to see progress you know because in spite of everyone's efforts men are not going to simply disappear so having them be allies to women uh, in their work is always encouraging. Yes. All right. Let's write it on our nipple scale, where we use a scale of zero to five nipples based on its representation and treatment of women. <laughs> I guess I'm not gonna do well. I'll give. I. I mean, <laughs> it's basically a zero, right? Yeah. It might be a yeah. point five. Point five for Natasha. Yeah. I, mean, I think I like didn't notice how bad it was growing up because we Me were either. just yeah. fucking used to it. Exactly. Yeah. And so it like it doesn't take away from how much I enjoy it as just a movie, but I'm just like, damn. At least now we like, like now we have movies where it do- like we are fulfilled. You know, like we have mm-hmm. things that are happening right. Right now but mm-hmm. it really like 
pales in comparison oh, yes. when you like compare you know, I, like I was just like there are no I was searching for the women <laughs> they're hard crazy around. they're yes. barely around in that long of a movie yeah right and just like knowing that yeah when this movie came out it, it was not something that registered for us yeah. because None of us even, you just yeah. don't Didn't think twice you weren't about looking it. for it you weren't expect like you wouldn't expect it yep. in a movie of this genre especially mm-hmm. um so yeah so uh, yeah I'll give it a half a nipple yep. for Natasha being like an intellectual and being you know, like just cool. She's just like, or just govern, <laughs> yeah, dummy. I but like it. Uh, other than that, I mean, between all of the fridging, the us barely getting to know the Rachel character, not letting us see her do her job, you know, all that stuff. This movie, I would say, is not like outwardly contemptuous of women. It just doesn't care about having them be in the movie, and right. it doesn't make them like. There are a lot of like superhero movies where the women are like unlikable and damsel in distress like even more. Mm-hmm. Like they're just literally there to fuck. Right. <laughs> so, so I feel like at least it's not that. There, yeah. I've been saying at least it a lot here. today. <laughs> it's just one sitting of here justifying though. this bullshit. <laughs> where it's still a good movie, and so we're like, but there's but... this. Yeah. But yeah, um, I'll, I'll give my half nipple to Natasha. How many nipples yeah. does a bat have, I wonder? Anyway, not important. Bat George Clooney has two. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Schumacher Cannon says two. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to do a half two. The same reasons, especially because Rachel was written in for the movie that you can't even make it an adaptation problem. You're just like, come on. And it was written yeah. by Jonathan and Christopher Nolan. Yay. So, it, most of those movies are. And I'm just like, we get it. You want to kill your wife. Like, whatever. <laughs> they're, they're, it's lazy writing. It's a, it's a stand-up equivalent of like, my wife's a bitch. But you just create these characters to kill <laughs> right, off. Right. Like, okay, what like maybe neck. go to counseling. Can't like, even trust her with my fake death. <laughs> I would be very, like, if I were Christopher Nolan's wife, I'd be like, do we need to talk? Like, what, <laughs> what did I do to you? Anyways, it yeah, just kind of like lazy writing and exclusion of women on the whole. Mm-hmm. But I like Natasha. Have nipple. Give it to Natasha. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Same. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say same. I will say now that like as we're discussing this, I realize like when I watched the movie, my least favorite part of it was Rachel. And I think mm. it's because I couldn't take anything from canon and like apply it to her character. Like I couldn't justify anything because she was new. And I was like, who is this bitch? And like, why is this like this? I don't like her character as much as I want to. She's kind of like I a also, humorless killjoy. Also, which, I also think, well, but, all women inconsistent because she's like, she's like, huh, I'm on time. Like I do this stuff. But then it's like, you know, she's like inconsistent wavering between them. And then like, it isn't as strong as you want her. She's like just wavering the whole time. Right, like yeah. flaky. And you're like, who is this? I don't don't know and they didn't like because she's not a character in the comic books you can't just like apply that knowledge to her right and i also just remember from the press surrounding this movie it almost reminds me of like a sarah jessica parker like how just sarah jessica parker was treated during sex in the city where maggie gyllenhaal was not perceived as attractive enough to be a romantic lead there is a lot i mean if you go back to oh I've, i've got some receipts on it i mean there's a lot of really gendered pointed conversation about how people didn't find her hot enough to be in this movie so it's just uh you know we've we've grown maggie (sighs) gyllenhaal's always been hot let's relax (laughs) right um half nipples across the board uh paula v thank you so much for being here thank you for having me on the show 
What would you like to plug? I co-produce facial recognition comedy, which is on the second Sunday of every month at Westside Comedy Theater in Santa Monica. Mm -hmm. And we also have a podcast Mm -hmm. um, that's released every Tuesday. And then I also run a show called Oversharing Comedy in Boomtown Brewery. And that's (laughs) bi-weekly. So every two weeks on Thursdays. um, And it's Oversharing Comedy on like Instagram. Um, And then should I give my social? Yes, please. Do it. Okay. My socials are get out a pen. P-A-L-L-A-V-I-G-U-N-A-L-A-N. That's my full name. That's my website, my Instagram, my Facebook, my Twitter. Awesome. Oh, and I also started a Dirty Science uh, web series on YouTube and Instagram. Oh, yeah. Yes. yeah. What's it called? Dirty Science. But okay. it's just like on my Instagram and then on my YouTube, which is youtube.com slash comedy. I talk about different science topics that interest me. And I, or like I talk about why things are the way they are through a scientific lens, but it's also like for adults. So I like swear and talk about sex and stuff. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yes. Check out all of that stuff. You can check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Bechtelcast. You can go to our website. Bechtelcast.com. Check out our uh, Patreon, Patreon. Patreon.com slash Bechtelcast. Five bucks a month. You get two extra episodes. Mm-hmm. Do it. Why not? No There's merch. We it. got t shirts. We got pillows. The other items you might want. We uh, really got this down to a science. Tpublic.com <laughs> slash The Bechtelcast. And as always, uh, we'll see you next time. Why so serious? Wow. Bye. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. (sighs) Give yourself a delicious escape from the afternoon with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Are you looking to build this year? If so, there is no better time than right now to start planning and to get your spot on the construction schedule. If you need a garage, a stall barn, a storage for vehicles, RV, boat, collectibles, or even a a shop for your farm, hobbies, or car restoration projects, visit MortonBuildings.com and start your construction process. With superior materials, craftsmanship, best-in-class warranty, Morton Buildings are made to last for generations. At Morton, the difference is in the details. From their cutting-edge innovations to their craftsmen in the field, they are dedicated to surpassing expectations. Their legacy of excellence spans more than 120 years, and Morton Buildings is 100% employee-owned with more than a quarter million satisfied customers. That means they're the industry leader you can trust. When you choose Morton, you'll experience quality at every step of the building process, starting before the walls even go up. Visit mortonbuildings.com to get started today. 